Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, it's good to be here, to be back again. If this is your first time, thanks for joining us here at New Covenant. My name is Dave, and I'll be your host for the next few moments. Uh, as always, as custom here, as we study the scriptures, and um, as we think about everything that's going on in our world, all of us have had to step back. And uh, as a part of stepping back, uh, I've taken the words of the book of James very seriously to, to be slow to speak, to be quick to listen, you know, and uh, to be slow to anger. Because there's a lot to be learned, there's a lot going on. And because of that, I think the church, Christ followers, need to really pay attention during this time. So in order to address this, we've entitled this message, uh, Forward. Okay, all of this has happened, everything's happened in our history. But moving forward, what kind of history are we going to make? Well, I'd like to start out with a post I saw this week on social media. It was by a, a gal in our fellowship who really is, is kind of a hero, someone that has worked for uh, justice in immigration and folks who really don't have a voice as a believer. It's, it's a passion of hers, and she's really uh, put her whole life and her effort uh, where her speech is. And I think what she has to say sort of frame, uh, puts a frame around uh, what we're going through. She said, dear friends, this is a post about the now and the not yet. A wise Navajo man taught me one of the most important lessons about race almost 20 years ago. He asked me where I came from, where my parents came from, and where their parents came from, and their ancestors as well. He helped me to understand more about my black Dutch Hispanic, German, Irish, Scottish, Cherokee, and other roots, and the farming culture I grew up in. He taught me why that uh, it's an important part of, the, of my story, and why it's important for all of us to share where we are from with each other, and to ask and to listen, to respect, and to understand. She goes on, my favorite vision of the future is from Revelation 7-9, where people of every nation, tribe, and tongue are together, worshiping God in heaven. I long for the day when people of all races and backgrounds are seen in all their beauty and dignity, each representing a part of the image of God and the bigness of God. The fullness of that vision is not yet. That has captured my heart. I love when we get to see glimpses of, what, of that in the now. But we're not there yet, right? We live in the now, where an unarmed black man can be killed in broad daylight with both the man and the onlookers begging an officer of the law to stop. We live in a now where a doctor suggests testing an unproven COVID-19 vaccine in Africa. We live in a now where police officers fear retaliation and their families fear that they won't come home today. 
We live in an hour where our neighbors, friends, brothers, sisters, and fellow children of God are afraid because they are all too aware of the horrible truth that not everyone values every life the same. Not everyone sees their dignity. Not everyone takes the time to listen to their story. Dear friends, let's not stay in this now, okay? Let's not stay in this now. In this now, we need to listen to stories that have been neglected far too long. In this now, we need to stop being silent when we see and hear of injustice. I pray that one day we will get to live in the not yet, where there is no more striving, no more pain, and where every tear is wiped away. A place where we see each person as they are in all their beauty and dignity. A place where you are truly seen, dear friend. What beautiful, true, passionate words from someone who lives this out in their life. I wanted to start this message today with this because we need to think about what's going on now and what God has planned for the future and how we can work for that today, even now. And I believe that the first place to start is the heart. That's where everything is. Because we can pass laws, and we have, haven't we? We've passed laws that tell people that this is the law now, this is what we expect you to do. But we find out that unless there's a change of heart, it doesn't really change everything, does it? Because as a Christ follower, I'm convinced by the Word of God and by experience that real change in my own life, in my own broken life, real change starts in the heart. People can modulate behavior, modify their behavior. But when Christ comes in and changes your heart, that's when the world begins to change. Because when he changes your world, all of a sudden, that's one life, and that means that the whole of humanity, made in his image, his imago Dei, is starting to change. And that continues with each person that he touches. That's why I believe in the gospel, and that's why we preach what we do. All right, change starts in the heart. I love what Dr. Luke in the New Testament had to say about this. He recorded the words of Jesus very accurately. He says, now, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's Jesus. Jesus, the original. He's the one. He knew human beings. He saw who we are to the core and related to us because he loves us. So let's start at the heart. If we're going to have real change, you and I, if you're a Christ follower, if you're not, you got to recognize that it starts in here. The way that you think about people, 
the way that you view your world. Who is important to you? And we're told throughout Scripture that one of our greatest enemies is our own self. Selfishness. Because if it's all about you, if it's all about me, then we never really see the beauty of what God is doing and other people around us. And we make our decisions and we say what we say based upon how it affects me. Now that's common and all of us struggle with that. But when it comes to this issue of race and injustice, I have had to step back. I, I've, I've felt that I've had a good grid and a good understanding of things. Uh, it's one of the reasons I love New Mexico, um, because it seems in many respects that we're hidden away from a lot of trouble in the world, and I like the way that people get along here. But yet, um, as we've seen over the past three weeks, uh, we have much more work to do. And so that means that I have more work to do in my own heart as a leader. That's what it means. I have to examine my heart. I have to open myself up before God and say, would you please examine me? Because either we want to be a part of real solutions that last, or we just want to pay a little bit of homage to an event and be a part of it for a short time. But God wants change that takes place over a lifetime, change that really matters. You see, in our heart, if we harbor something against someone just because of their race, because of maybe where they grew up or their language or the color of their skin, we are totally off the mark, especially as believers. Especially as believers. So first step in all of this, moving forward from all of the events that are going on, moving forward, we have to check our heart. That's why I've called for us to listen more and to speak less. It doesn't mean that we're complicit about injustice in the world. It means that we have to listen to God and to examine our own hearts so that when we take a forward step, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the direction of the gospel. It's a step for the betterment of everyone, viewing that all people are valuable in God's eyes. The message of the gospel is, is that whosoever will call upon the name of Jesus, that means everyone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone who calls on his name. And God is making a people out of that. Where we couldn't get along, he's providing a place in Jesus to do that. And we need to honor that. And so if you find yourself saying hateful things, and hate, my friends, is not isolated to just one group of people. <laughs> hate goes around all the way. It's like a pie. It's like a pizza. It's round, and if you, all you need to do is just keep slicing it up, and there's enough pieces for everybody. And there's enough hate to go around. And, and so everybody needs to view their heart. If we're going to reconcile things, if we're going to make things better, we got to get on our knees before God. That's, that's the first place, okay? Otherwise, he says here, your tree is going to produce bunk. Oh, I believe a certain way, man. And then your, free, your fruit on your tree is all nasty. And nobody wants it. Why is that? 
Well, that's the check the fruit on your tree, okay? I look at mine sometimes, there's some good fruit, and I'm like, I'm proud of that. I know the Lord's proud of this fruit that He's grown. Other things have to be trimmed off and gotten rid of because they're not helping anybody. You ever go to a store, pick up some fruit, it looks really good. You get home and you take a bite and you just, you're shocked. You're shocked. That shouldn't be us. God says, I want your fruit to be sweet to the world, to good stuff. But if, if you're out there just slinging hatred around and garbage and you're defending yourself all the time and, and you don't care what other people think, I'm telling you, what's coming out of your mouth is showing where your heart is. And, and I'm not preaching down. I'm talking about myself. And so I feel, feel free to speak to you as brothers and sisters. That's important. What's com- what are you p- producing? What are you putting out there? It's tough. It's tough to sit down and look in that mirror. But if we do, there's freedom there because Jesus can go, see? See what I'm talking about? And I can help you because I love you and I want you to produce good fruit. If you're setting up a fruit stand, make sure it's good. All right, let's move on. A part of this is being aware of your blind spots. I read a book this week by Miles McPherson. I encourage you to get it. It's on back order. However, uh, you can get it on Audible or Kindle right now. Just download it. But it's called The Third Option by Miles McPherson, a pastor out in California. Just fantastic perspective on all of this. And one of the things that he brings out in this book is that, that we all have blind spots, right? We have blind spots in our heart where we think, oh, yeah, I'm totally good. I'm following Jesus. But yet there's a blind spot there that you can't see, that you think is cleaned up, but it's not. Uh, All of us can experience that. You you ever clean out a garage or maybe, say, an old room in the house, and then you put in like a new bulb and you look around, you're like, whoa, I thought this place was clean, but really it's messed up. There's more work to do. That's why we say, put your heart before God, man. That's why we have to say, Lord, clean me out so that I can be useful. There's blind spots in your heart, your own attitudes, the things that you didn't know that were there, okay? And those things come out of our life and our, pro- in our public life. Our speech, is it sweet? Is it full of grace? Check your heart, look around, there's a blind spot somewhere. It's in our speech as well. One of the worst things in the world is that if you're not a racist, okay, if you're a full-on racist, you've probably already turned this off. But if you're not a racist, one of the worst things to happen is to, f- to feel in your heart that you're not a racist, but you sound like one in public. That's a blind spot, man. That's a blind spot. You'll be out there, you think your heart's clean, you're serving people, you're taking care of people around you. you in your mind, you're not judging people based upon uh, color, you're judging them based upon character, so forth, and, and you're sharing the gospel. But what comes out of your mouth is like clink, clank, punk, and it's offending people. And, and you don't even know it. I don't even know it. That can happen in so many different ways. And so... You have to check yourself. That means you've got to talk to some people who don't have the same color skin that you have and, and have good conversations and listen to people around you 
Because everybody needs to learn, right? Because the last thing we want to do if we're going to represent Jesus is be offensive in the way that we portray our world, right? So, so a blind spot can be that you're saying something that you think is right, but other people hear it and are offended. And that's not, I, if, if your heart's right, I know that's not what you want. So check your blind spots, okay? Check your blind spots. All right. Check your actions. We have blind spots in our actions. We feel because we've been raised a certain way, uh, we adhere to a certain uh, cultural affects, we also adhere to certain uh, political views, and, and therefore our actions set our feet in those directions. But our actions can also be blind, uh, blind spots for us because uh, maybe we're not living out the gospel the way that the Lord wants us to in being self-sacrificing for other people. When's the last time that you uh, did something in a self-sacrificing way for someone else? You may, we may be saying, look, I don't believe in being selfish. I don't want to be, I'm not selfish. But then if you look at your own actions, when I look at my own actions, when I look at all the garbage that I've bought for myself, that doesn't bless anybody. And by the way, it doesn't bless me anymore. My, my actions aren't meeting up to where my heart is you see you, you see where that going where that's going if if our heart and our mouth and our actions meet up man we're, we're on the right road our blind spots are less important aren't they our blind spots are starting to be revealed in us and we're allowing Christ to come in and to fix them and to make them better so that we can do what we're called to do and that is preach the gospel we do it with our voice. We do it with our hands and our feet, both. By caring for people in our neighborhood, by looking around. If Jesus says that he cares about the poor and those who are disaffected, those who are disadvantaged, those who are marginalized, then what should our response be? How do we get involved? How do we help out with that? You see, those things are really important, should be important to us. Because as we proclaim Jesus, it matters what kind of Jesus we're proclaiming. Is he a white Jesus? A black Jesus? A brown Jesus? Other colors? What, what color is he? Is he rich? Was Jesus rich? Was Jesus super poor? What, what, what is it that we're portraying? Jesus came for human beings. All of us. All of us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. How many is all? That's all. That's a lot. That's a big number. And that's who he's called. All right. Uh, I want to uh, take something that I, I saw earlier, uh, either last week or the week before, from one of the greatest preachers living, Dr. Tony Evans been an inspiration in my life over the years, but in just a very um, intimate fashion, I think it was probably somewhere in his home, he shared four things, four steps to what he calls four steps to reconciliation. And I'm going to steal them, borrow them, because I can't say them any better myself. And so I, I purposed into my heart to take leadership 
from folks who lived a different life than my own and thereby being strengthened and learning from that. So um, Dr. Tony Evans says, step one, if we're going to be reconciled and really take steps to reconciliation, if we're really going to move forward, he says, step one, learn as an individual, you must be malleable in the hands of Almighty God. Recognize your own need to learn about these issues of systemic injustice, racism, and inequality. Read books on the subject. Watch documentaries and talk with others who are knowledgeable in these areas. I find that is great advice. That's the first place to start. That works with our heart and mind, doesn't it? He said, second, transfer. Commit to transferring the values of love and peace to your children. Model for them and teach them to judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin, as Dr. Martin Luther Jr. had said. Social change starts around the dinner table, doesn't it? How we look at the world, I, I know for years in our family, uh, we would gather for dinner and we would ask the kids, did anything weird happen today? Uh, because everybody remembers something weird and we would talk about it and we develop our worldview around that. Now we're all individuals, but that's the place where these things should be communicated, okay? And if you haven't done that, well, now's the time to start. Good a time as any. Thirdly, he says, serve. Connect with family from a different background than yours. Share with them. Eat with them. Get to know them. But most importantly, serve someone else with them. The best way to reconcile is through the shared service of others. Isn't that great? You know how it is. You, take, you get to know somebody. They're, they're different from you, maybe... Uh, culturally, skin color, background, and you start liking them, don't you? That's what the way it is with my neighbors. My, I have a lot of different neighbors, and we're different, but we like each other. We watch each other's back. Well, what's interesting about that is that if you take a step further, like someone in your church or uh, someone that you get to know, and you say, well, let's have dinner together. Man, that was so intimate. Dinner and sharing food with other human beings brings us together like nothing else. It was the gospel. I mean, if you read the gospels, they were all written around a dinner table. Jesus is, loves to eat and to hang out with folks because that's where the good stuff happens, right? And he says, but then take it further and serve other people, someone else who is in need with someone else. And thereby, what's happening then? It's like our voice I mean, it's our heart, our voice, our feet. Everything is coming together in gospel-appropriate ways that is not only changing your world, your neighbor's world, and the world around you. And finally, he said, oh, not finally. I got two more. <laughs> Fourthly, he says, lead. Step up as a leader in church and lead your church to become a voice of healing and justice. Push your church to speak with one voice to promote unity among all people, 
to speak out together against forces and actions of evil. That's really putting a lot of pressure on me, but I can spread that around by saying uh, anyone who's a follower of Christ should be leading someone. But as, as a leader in leadership in, in this fellowship and, and to any leader out there, wherever you're serving, you know, someone once told me, you know, if you want to be a leader, jump on the ship. Leadership. <laughs> it was pretty stupid, but it's funny. And so everybody has to jump on the same ship right? And be of one mind and be of unity like the Lord calls us to do and to speak out and to help out and to do it in the way that glorifies Christ. We glorify Christ by not just saying that we hate people and we just putting people down, but we walk in with the whole big love goo that comes in. And that we can actually love people who disagree with us, who think differently. But we share and we stand strong for those who can't speak. You know, I had a friend tell me one time, he says, listen, if God made you strong, okay, he made you strong to protect the weak. You like that, don't you? If he made you strong, he made you strong to protect the weak. Now, a lot of people who are strong want to take advantage of the weak. Jesus looks very dimly on that. If God's made you strong, it's because he's given you that strength to help someone else out. Someone who can't speak. Someone who doesn't have a voice. Someone who's marginalized. All right? That's where we need to lead. And finally, he said, speak. Call on civil leaders at every level to speak words of healing and not divisiveness. Boy, if we're going to write our senators, we're going to write our congressmen, if we're going to speak to our local leaders, let's start writing them and telling them, hey, stop being divisive. Start bringing people together. Bring people together with words of healing and not divisiveness. We've had enough of it. Haven't you had enough of it? Doesn't it drive you insane like a worm burrowing in your head? Does mine. Commend those who speak peace and unity and condemn messengers of strife and disunity. I like that. If you want to speak power, if you want to speak to power, speak to folks and say, stop dividing us and figure out ways to bring us together. That's everybody. I don't care what political party you're from. That's everybody. Okay. And as believers, let me just say this. Stop dividing with other believers. It just looks like shenanigans. It's like we don't have our act together. And by the way, typically we don't always have our act together. I don't. But it's not going to help by putting someone else down who's trying. Speak unity. Call upon civic leaders to make sure our systems, okay, that they manage, are operating with true justice and true righteousness. I want to finish up by reading to you uh, some letters that were very important, uh, a guy by the name of Paul, and he lived this out in his life, and he gave his life for the church. He loved it. He believed in it. He believed in what Jesus was doing with his whole life, and this is what he said. As a prisoner For the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, 
bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's it. One. One God and Father of all. That's all. Who is over all and through all and in all. That's everybody in Christ. He says it another way in a letter he wrote to a group of people living in a town called Colossae. There's no Gentile, there's no Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. But in Christ, but Christ is all, he says, and is in all. Therefore, moving forward, therefore, as God's chosen people and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Don't hold on to that garbage, man. Unforgiveness and hatred is like, it's like drinking poison and hoping that your enemy dies. It kills you, man. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. As members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ, his gospel, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And whatever you do, get this. Let's hang on to this. Let's, let's take this forward. Let's let this be the call, okay? Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. That's a marching order forward. That's a way forward that will truly make a difference in this world. And that's my hope for you. Let's do this. Through Christ, we can do this. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. And I pray that the peace of God would be upon you this week. God bless you. I'll see you next week. This concludes today's message. 
We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.